0: The His Girl Friday Podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, everyone? This is yours truly, Cameron Fry, His Girl Friday, coming at you on a Sunday morning before church. Hope you're doing well, that you're hanging in there, that you're having a wonderful 2023. It's been a while. This may be the only the second pod that we've cut all year. Definitely. Uh, while there's been plenty of content churned out this year, we've dialed back on the podcast a little bit to focus on some other endeavors. And probably the most notable one is one you're not seeing and that is the Juby Jirty book being written. Certainly there were plenty of posts between August 21 and the end of last year at least 10 pieces. And even this year, I've written some, some, soap Bible studies, uh, inspired by the Juby journey, but the biggest project is one that you, is going to hopefully make its presence known next year. Uh, so I've had to cut back in certain streams, content streams, the podcast being at the top of the list to invest in the book. But it's been on my radar to cut this particular part just because it's part of an annual tradition. Every July 1, I look back, first half of the year, what life lessons, what revelations, insights have accrued that need to be shared. Certainly there are certain convictions that are between you and God, you and your family. But there's some others that more public domain in nature that are worth sharing. So I'm going to look back the last six months and kind of take inventory given tour of the year with you. Of course, your years will be different, but certainly the journey that Liz and I have been on, it's been a very different year than the past couple. Totally fine, but it's just been a unicorn-type year so far and a tale of two halves, really, the first three months and the last three months. I'm going to break it down uh, kind of where we're at, where we're going. Um, Certainly, there's some big picture housekeeping matters I want to get to, but... That's not the reason why I'm cutting this. So I'm going to wait till the end. Um, So no particular order, I just, listen, I did a brief chat. Um, I took some quiet time yesterday, Saturday, uh, kind of on the, we're in the early stages of a long four-day weekend. So again, the perfect time to cut this. Before I dive into any points, uh, I just want to kind of give us a raw analysis of where we're at. So Juby passed away. September of last year, we were in NICU mode for almost a year and a quarter. And certainly the Juby journey at large has been, a, I would say, at its core, a, a full year and a half when you're factoring the pregnancy, not just what went down in the NICU. And in two words, grief journey come to mind, if I'm summarizing this year, we've, we're still in the middle of processing and understanding the emotional side effects, the after effects of losing a child in infancy. We've watched, in fact, in the past couple of days, we've watched not only Rabbit Hole with Nicole Kidman, but also The Starling with Melissa McCarthy, both great movies, and certainly glad that content like that exists. We kind of can relate a little bit to the protagonists in each case. It's, uh, we're finding that in our dealings with each other, we're on the same page speaking of Melissa and I and the fam. But how to journey as a family through that, it, it, it really takes a village based, you know, basing intent in the word and having that fellowship together, that quiet time together, everyone being God-centric. You know, we're going we're, we're going after the Lord as a family to help us through this time. And it's, that's not being over spiritual. It's just being real. It's like we we know we need to rely on God like never before to get through this. There's a right way to grieve. There's a right way to um I guess even suffering grief and, and mourn the right way. But it's been an uphill challenge at times. And that's almost by design, I feel like. Like it's not supposed to be easy. But the grief journey certainly has been there. What happened um, the last quarter of last year, October was the celebration of life. And then we news. you know, there was that news story that broke towards the end of the month. Uh, we were on this uh, news channel for their surprise squad, blessed us in the Vanderbilt NICU. Um, Let's see. November, we're still kind of almost in denial, kind of going through the five stages, but like you know, we're kind of still too stunned. And then December, we we had our eye around Thanksgiving on December being a project month where we were doing those a hundred gift bags for NICU families, and we were in mission mode that entire month. I feel like it was weird because I almost felt like it was a December without a Christmas. Um, I know there were some health issues and. By the way, I'm getting to a big reveal as far as what happened in case you know some of you are just tuning in for the first time. But we were still kind of in that missional project-based place, and that kind of put a cap on as far as being able to process through grief. We were, again, still in a stunned place, the best way I know how to describe it. So really when the clock turned twenty-three, I feel like the floodgates opened, the dam burst, sort of speaking. We just kind of came out feeling very flat after the holidays. And we found out mid-December that we were, were pregnant again, <laughs> we weren't trying to. Um, only two months after we lost Juju, um, you know, the last of the small fries came into being and we were, I'll be honest, my initial reaction was, I'm excited, I'm stoked, this is great. Like, you, like I can immediately see the redemptive narrative unfolding before my eyes and then it settled like, wow, we're not ready though, it's just hashtag too soon. We haven't gotten that point emotionally of being able to feel ready for another. Um, odds are we would have tried, but we weren't long story short, we weren't trying to get pregnant. We weren't trying to replace. We came into this year a little nervous that people would have assumed we were trying to replace. That's not it at all. I know it looks suspicious. I know it seems like, you know, we were trying to dive in and, you know, have kind of a redo, so sort to of speak. Um not the case at all. But still, God's ministry of reconciliation has applied to our circumstances. That's been felt the whole way. So initially, I there was rejoicing, and then that kind of buzz fell off heading in towards January. You just kind of, eh, um, not ready for it. And financially, also, not just emotionally, but financially, it's just like, we're still reeling in a place of reeling. We're not financially ready. So I just felt very irresponsible, so to speak. Now, January, you know, there was a, a, finally a promotion of work that Took effect, you know. um, I think this is the first time I am cutting a pod where senior is the first word in my job description or in my job title. And that's great. You know, three years of hard work uh, has paid off. But certainly, um, like, list is tight now. We are in a tight place and we're just trying to, like, every day it's just how can we save? How can we not spend? How can we be frugal? Again, not that's not why I'm cutting this, but it's certainly part of the, you know, when we look back, it's just we're trying to prepare ourselves for what is coming July 28th this month. Liz has a C-section. Aili, her name, A-I-L-I, the last of the small fries will arrive by C-section, a different type of C-section than the one um, administered when we gave birth to Juby Again, August of 21. So kid number five, but you know, one is now enjoying the celestial confines. This is number four. And we had, you know, from almost all of 21, we embraced for a homecoming for Juju that never happened. Juju never got the chance to come home. And her testimony is a gift. Her life was such a gift, I'm telling you. Like I I could look it back and see like, she was never supposed to, and I'm in some ways glad she didn't because it would have been harder. There was, there's no memories at all of Juju at home. We were, you know, there was such a divide and conquer, you know, the whole thing with Ju- the Juju journey, I mean, it's like it could have split less and I up. And even if, you know, we have to be intentional with each other and there's marital, you know, there's, um, lessons in marriage and I guess marital ramifications, uh, worth talking about as well. It's just, we've had to be on the same page, but it's almost like this new life in the making has kept us even more bonded and there's a sweetness to it, even though emotionally I don't feel ready. Financially, a lot's been out of pocket this year because the benefits of my work aren't good. It's been a by faith year, just trusting the Lord to provide for our needs and just like, Lord, have you called us here? Are, you know, are be called to stay the course here? If so, then we're going to trust you. And just like we know we need to trust you, like rely on you, everything for goodness of godliness, you sustain us through those pieces of your nature. Uh, you're going to get us through this one way or another. That said, it, it's worth saying, this is the most free agent year I feel like ever in my entire life. It's the most open season year that I can recall since 2019. And it's not my place to be specific. I'm just going to say in terms of outside of immediate family, as far as the how life looks everywhere else, it could look very different at this time next year. And in, in many ways, I hope it looks different. There are times where we just feel a peace that surpasses all understanding, a peace that's like, okay, um, almost like I sense God is doing something, there's change in the horizon. Yeah, stay the course, but there's also like, I'm about to release you into a new, not necessarily better, but just a new. And that new is something that we crave and it's like, you kind of feel like you're not far from like what you want from being part of God's will a lot of times we want change. We want to We want to force the issue. We want to make things happen. We want to get out of things. We want to quit things. We want to um, start new endeavors and pursuits prematurely before we're ready. Um, or they're even ready for us. And you have to wait and be patient. It's hard. And just letting God be God and um, it's part of that full life surrender. All right. First half lessons, here we go. Again, no particular order. Boundaries, number one, boundaries are an amazing thing when they are based in health and life wellness. Where self-preservation isn't the primary driver, but an overflow nonetheless. I think many times we, going back to what I was, the point I was making a few moments ago, we, we manufacture parameters that keep us comfortable, sometimes sheltered. And as far as how this fits into life, I mean, Liz being at high risk pregnancy, I mean, she has a high risk moniker because of what happened with Juju. Once you have a micro preemie with you've had preeclampsia, <laughs> uh, she's had preeclampsia, um, her placenta failed with Juju, high blood pressure, hypertension, all those things. you it doesn't matter. Like even if you've changed your diet, you've changed everything about your approach to life wellness. I mean, you're still going to have the high risk any pregnancy moving forward, like thereafter. So we have to, we've had to cut things out of our life intentionally, proactively, to ensure Ailey's health is preserved, to ensure that Lissa's health is optimally maximized to God's intent. We've had to keep that in mind. And so we've had to, listen. I have had to take inventory of just the things in our life that are robbing us of life, of health, that are causing anxiety. We've we've had to break down and chart out the things that just naturally, organically, give us you know unholy griefs, unholy sorrows, not just regrets, but it's mostly anxiety based um, things that get the again the hypertension, the high blood pressure. We've had to take inventory of those things and cut them out, like for a short time. Um, And what's hard about it, and I think some of us have been there too, it's just we're not making excuses. We're going through another year of pregnancy and labor and discomfort there. So it's been a year of, and I probably should have mentioned this a few moments ago as well, talk about an awkward dichotomy where – We're trying to recover from grief or we're going through our grief journey with Juju, but there's a new excitement. There's new life brewing at the same time. Parallel tracks, but going in very different directions. It's like we are going through the valley of processing, uh, you know, the grief journey hand in hand with the Lord and there's a right way to go about it. I feel like I'm probably the part two of this the more I sound it out. There's also the anticipation. Like one of the bright spots of the year, it's been support groups at Vanderbilt and also um, discovering a nonprofit uh, while we're waiting nonprofit um, that helps journey parents through child loss specifically. Uh, discovering other you know places like that entities like that we didn't know existed um, is part of a support network. It's been building relationships in those support networks. It's been one of the highlights of the year for listen and I. even though we're making new friends, new contacts and these are people for life because they they've gone through the familiar they've gone through familiar streams they've um, been there of course different set of circumstances of course the people's different people are different in their stories but they get a big part of you naturally by default they they understand some terms you put out um some word pictures you use Um, there's just that familiarity and that relatability and it's easier to bond with people and we've sensed that we've had listen i've just had to examine ourselves closely like what are the where the place of unhealthiness and how to replace it with healthiness. And surprisingly, things that should be healthy aren't. <laughs> things that should be safe places aren't. And that said, it's compelled us to find peace and support and relationship in places we wouldn't have otherwise known to look. And God has led us there. And that's the main thing. It's like, for, I know, it sounds like we're trying, like we're striving. There's no striving here. It's like we just feel like, okay, we need to do this or doing it. Okay. So some of you are contending with serious mental and or physical issues. You know, there's limitations that can't be detached from your health. And it's good to adhere to rhythms and routines um, and dynamics that um, foster and nurture, uh, you know, all aspects of your well-being. It's, the spiritual types, the emotional, emotional, the physical, everything is interlocked like the rings in the Olympic logo. Mm -hmm. There is a time to be strong and be like, okay, I don't want to do this. I need to do this. I need to honor this commitment or I need to, um, you know, find a new way to honor. And we've, we've behind the scenes, have basically restructured our commitments where we're still committed and we're still engaged where we need to be engaged. Um, but the look is different and sometimes it's just, you know, the visibility needs to back off a little bit. There needs to be a sabbatical with the, with the availability and the visibility, or at least the visibility. <laughs> the mystery of availability is one that's underrated, and it starts with the spouse, goes over into family, then you need relationships outside of that to pour into and receive from. And just, I guess, as long as you're spirit-led and you're walking with the Lord and you're in the Word and you're engaged every day and you're praying and you're really making that, okay, um, I know what I want, but I'm yoked to your guidance. I am. Um, I yield to your leaning in your direction as far as where you're headed. That's where I want to follow because it's all about following you at the end of the day. So all that being said, boundaries, sometimes you have to put them in place with people. It's like, I can't go here right now. I can't go there right now. We can't talk about this right now. I, I, can, I can't talk about this with you right now, but there will be a time of circling back and just stay engaged and, and communicate those boundaries clearly um, and make sure that when you're communicating them, that there's no offense, the offense isn't driving it. But that self-preservation isn't driving it either. Let let, let self-preservation be an overflow based out of a, a true desire to pursue health and make sure that's known, like the intent is known. I need to get to a healthier place. I need to um, take a step back so I could focus these relationships. But don't make an excuse either. It's like – I know it sounds like a fine line, but just engage the intent of the – about. like enforce boundaries but also know – like make sure that there's a pure place in your heart from where the boundaries are coming from. Uh, point number two, grief is a gift. I know that sounds weird. You're like doing a double take, what? Grief is a gift? But grief is a gift that allows you to come with into context with people. It allows you to come together with people who have been there before. It's basically a kind of a, an asset in the communal, from a communal perspective. Um, and again, we've, a lot of this is coming from what we've encountered in support groups this year. I mean, grief is unique. It really tears down walls and lets you meet with people who understand grief with gentleness and compassion. And again, it's your mystery of availability on tap. It's like you're just being there with people and listening, giving that, that ear. Let them hear. You're not trying to fix people up, but it just allows you to be humble and vulnerable with people. And your faith shows through those cracks. That's again been kind of a crazy storyline where I feel like the hourglass has shifted. It's like we've bonded with complete strangers this year, and we've been able to, you know, those strangers become friends and soon time, but they somehow get you in 15 minutes or less in ways that you have, you know, even family members don't understand and may never understand. There, there are people we've met who have known for just a matter of months or weeks, and we're closer to them than we've been with, you know, others that in other places. We've known for years, even decades, I I I hate walls. And I'm prone to want to tear them down. But I think this year right now, it's just part of, you know, I am weak, but I'm leaning on the Lord who is strong. My weakness, he is strong. I want that to shine forth. And I think it's just sometimes we want to break down the walls. Sometimes it's better to walk away from them. It sounds passive, but just sometimes let the, you know what? Let God deal with it. I need to walk away from the walls right now. I mean, who are we to think we could, just knock it down alone. Oh, I sense this wall. I'm going to break it down any way that I want to and any way that I can. Nope, it goes back to following God's lead and letting Him shine light on those He wants to uh, put in your life, uh, who He wants you to sow into. You know, there's people who used to sow who aren't sewing anymore. And I think it takes courage to move on and cut your ties. Not so much loss, but just know what year you're, you know, what is the present? Embrace the present. Don't torture yourself going through the same motions when they're empty and they're trying to be in the same, you know, there's certain things that need to be in the rearview mirror. Let them be in the rearview mirror. Don't try and keep preserving, you know, how things used to be three, five, seven, 10 years ago. Um, yeah, every now and then just like if God says, Hey, reach out to see how they're doing. Sure. But don't overtax yourself, extend yourself being like, I have to be involved in their life. Like I was in this point. Um, you know, sometimes you just kinda hit a point where it's like, this whole thing needs to be in the rearview mirror now. Not just certain components, certain people. So, all that being said, I gotta get back to the, the main point though. Grief is a gift and I look at Juby's life, her testimony is an asset in terms of being a witness to those who are confused, who are lost, who are, you know, find themselves in one of the five stages and um, how can we come into, not necessarily fix, this, fix them, um, or try to solve the issue with whatever stage our new friend is in struggling with their grief, but just knowing what it's like to really, um, wrestle and struggle. Like, is God there? Why is letting this happen? Like struggling with the whys. Um, how come it couldn't have happened a different way? What is he trying to teach me through this? And it's just letting that ministry of reconciliation, being a part of that as an ambassador, but also as one who listens first before just jumping in and tries to counsel, like, let the counselor be the counselor, let the divine, let, let the almighty champion the counseling. And it's just like, and lean on him so that what you say is an echo of that, that you're part of his mouthpiece, but you're not the mouthpiece. If that makes sense. So grief could really be a gift. And that's really the point of number two. Um, it really can be a way to reach people. And sometimes why God calls to journey through the valley so that we know what it's like with other people because we're not going to be able to champion God into their midst or help them find new places of peace and stillness um, if we hadn't gone through that. Sometimes we need that relatability. So trust God. And he gets the big picture. Number three, last point for today. There's a difference between mourning and grieving. And in either case, there's room for hope, even joy. See, a lot of times we think that… They're the same thing. They're not. And also, we think we have to get through them to get to the joy, the peace, the hope. And that's not true. They they could be concurrent streams. The world needs to know this. They need to see this done well. The world doesn't know. Like, listen, I certainly have gotten this. The world doesn't know how to interact with grief. doesn't know how to respond to it. They're so afraid. People on the other side, they just, they don't want to step on a crack. You know, they don't want to make matters worse. They don't want to say the wrong thing. So they isolate. They actually... They, they act in a way that's like, it's like, okay, you're ex- excluding us, you're pushing us out. That's not maybe the intent, but it's what it looks like. So we, we, we got to make sure that there's no insecurity here. We got to make sure that in all of this, in this entire conversation, offense and insecurity don't have room to grow because that can only destroy and uh, destruct in a, in a negative way. But yeah, there's people out there who think you have to grieve to mourn only to get to the good stuff. And We got to break that mentality for, you know, think of grief as a container. It holds your thoughts, feelings, and images of your experiences when you lose a loved one or when maybe a promise dies, not just even a loved one. It's just we're all in different circumstances. Right. I want to be sensitive to that. When something important to us dies, in most cases, a loved one, grief is the internal meaning given to the experience of loss. It's the war behind closed doors and the cloud space, the heart that only God could see or your significant other. Mourning is when you take that grief you have on the inside and you express it outside yourself. And that's where it's key. Now it's like you're heading closer to that becoming convertible, almost like potential energy, uh, becoming kinetic energy. And now it's like, okay, you're taking a step towards joy if you mourn the right way. Um, You could mourn and trust God at the same time that, you know, okay, you know, I'm mourning right now, but... I know that you're up to something good and I believe that you are so you are. And then you just recite the nature of God, like almost uh, declare it to yourself and just go down a checklist of this is who God is. And I'm thankful for that. This is what God has done. He's, this is what he's going to do. And I'm thankful for that. Bring ground to the mix as you mourn and you express it outside yourself. So we got to, first of all, understand the difference between mourning and grieving as a culture, as a society, as a body of Christ. Um, and then we have to know that we, we can't just say anything. To, we want to help people, but don't help by saying, I mean, you're never going to help the mourner, the griever. All right. Um, how can we get you healed sooner? Like basically putting a time restraint or a limit on that. As soon as you put a limit on it, you've lost something. Um, and there's now a, a hindrance on that relationship. And it doesn't matter if you mean well. It's just don't put your own expectations. Don't uh, put pressure. You know, don't put your pressure on someone else's pain. And the church needs to be a front runner in all this. By the way, it's important to have something set aside—a small group set aside for the specific issue. Again, we got to be careful with expectations. Sometimes we're gonna. It, that's why church is hard for the grievers. Like we we hear a song, and it's hard to receive it. It's hard to to declare it's hard to actually mention the words. It's just like it breaks your heart. You weep, and it's like people. Who are grieving? They don't want to be in public. You know, naturally, it's hard to want to be in places where we might uh, tear up a little bit, maybe be a little bit more expressive in the in that grief, where we 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 don't want to be public with it, we don't want to be seen. And I know my heart. In writing this, it's been prepped. There's no offense. It's just accepting the fact that the body at large doesn't really know and hasn't been trained and hasn't been educated on how to help people with grief. They know how to help their best friends with grief, but if you're outside of their inner circle and you're struggling, we don't know what to do. And that's where it gets messy. It's like, we, we need to be willing to help anyone going through it, that we have that proximity to or anyone that's in our midst. Um, it doesn't matter how we feel like, Oh, well, but I'm not a bestie, but I'm not close and they won't receive it. Like, you know, I'm just saying, if we walk, like walk with the Lord together, we're supposed to be a community, right? We can't be besties with the world we can't be besties with everyone, but we got a our inner circle in terms of encouraging people, through their mourning through their grieving and not putting any pressure of expectation i desire the church to be a, to be a, a leading witness in that a front runner in that so I've, god has been faithful and and you know just encountering other groups you know some people are called to plant churches others community of his presence and it's just like we feel like we are being led in places where we can plant communities of his presence outside the church we've, we've since a positive turn the last six three months have been great the first three months were really hard but part of that's just goes back to these three points you know embracing grief as a gift employing some boundaries that didn't exist the first three months we've employed them and it's made a huge difference in april we were able to enjoy family vacation <laughs> on the bright side we we're finally able to get down to florida and we had an amazing time and that kind of reset things we had that six seven uh, eight week support group at vanderbilt so it was great to be back at home away from home vanderbilt still you know it's not hard for list night to be there it's where Liz, yes it's where juju passed away but it became a home away from home. And, uh, we know we have so many dear friends there. Now it's great to revisit, the, uh, with them ever so often. And then the, the nonprofit potential partnership there, we'll see where it goes as far as being a part more of the, you know, our place within the, while we're waiting family, highly recommend you check them out. If you know, um, people who have lost loved ones, especially children, um, they have retreat centers throughout the United States. Um, you know, it's very retreat oriented and it's a wonderful nonprofit. I encourage you to look more and investigate more for yourself. But that's all I have for today. Just re- basically again, looking back, what have, what are we gleaning from the past six months where we're going? Um, this doesn't really pertain to the future of content on His Girl Friday. Again, there's a book in the making, but I hope to get another, oh, I would say eight to 10 written posts outside of the book up. Um, and I also just feel convicted that we need to Go back to our roots a little bit more, marketplace, vocational, equipping, and resourcing. So, uh, just know that that's on my heart as we, um, the Juju journey is being filtered through the book process. Um, I hope to educate all, you know, vocational and bi-vocationals, how to help colleagues at work who are grieving. So, I, I do think that you can, again, go to the 20,000 foot level. And yes, this is not pure marketplace ministry and research that's um, being put out, but. It's not been the focal point of our content for the past couple of years, but we're going to make a turn to that being the focal point, getting back to our premise and our DNA. Uh, and the and maybe there's a splitting out of content um, where His Little Friday just – we change the name and we keep it vocational-based, and everything else is moved under to a new umbrella once that umbrella uh, takes shape. Still mulling out the logistics, but that's where we're at. So anyway, guys. I'll peace out. Thank you for listening. I know a long pod, but it's also one of the few that's going to be released in 2023. So I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, please leave us a comment, a prayer request. Um, if you have our contact information, use it. Social media, where there's a comment, um, we look forward to hearing from you. Or if you want to shoot us a direct message, I mean, Instagram should have that feature. Facebook, you, um, not sure about YouTube, but find a way to contact us. I know there's an element in our website or a page on our website that you can um, leave a comment has our direct uh, information there too. So have a wonderful week and hope you have a wonderful four. Stay safe, stay healthy. And as I always say, I'll catch you on the Friday. Peace.